0: Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 29. This episode is sponsored by Degrider and its portfolio in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. For students and researchers in mathematics, DeGreiter's 2022 catalog is now available at thisacademiclife.org. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Hi, my name is Kim Michelle Lewis. I'm a professor of physics and associate dean of research. Hi,
1: my name is Lucy Zhang. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering.
2: Hi, I'm Pania Newell. I'm also a professor in mechanical engineering. By now, we all have heard about the war in Ukraine. Sadly, many people have lost their homes, family members, and had to flee the country, leaving their husbands, fathers, and sons behind to fight and protect their country. There is no war to express our sadness. This is not the first war happening in recent years. There are many other wars happening in the world, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, just to name a few. I personally experienced war most of my childhood, and I believe no matter how long a war is and how short it is, it will change the life of the people involved forever, as it did to mine. So in this episode, we thought that we can talk a little bit about the impact of wars in general in academia and how we can help people that their life has been interrupted as a result of the war. So there is no question that education system is interrupted at all levels, K-12, through at university level. I've seen people from other countries trying to help and assist Ukrainian as well as Russians whose life been impacted as a result of the war by offering scholarship to Ukrainian students that they are fleeing and going to other European countries. I've seen also postings about some Russian scientists that they are in other countries and they were collaborating with some Ukrainian scientists as well as some Russian scientists. And now their research has been interrupted. So... How about you? Have you, Kim and Lucy, have you thought about these interruptions in the education as a whole? Or have you had any personal experiences? Do you have any Russian collaborators or Ukrainian? Or do you have any comments in general?
1: Yeah, I don't know any Ukrainians or Russian personally. I honestly think that education is the last thing on their minds right now particularly the people in Ukraine or the Ukrainians who are currently living in other countries where their families and relatives are still in Ukraine. So as sad as I feel, I don't think I can ever comprehend Mm -hmm. what they're going through. I think it's, you know, education, yes, is a necessary part of a society I think staying alive is their goal right now, yep, and yep. how to stop the war is the first thing on their mind. I have read a number of resources online uh, from different articles and different resources, um, particularly scientific magazines that there are many countries who had lend uh, helping hands to students or kids, all right? So kids and also researchers at every level to welcome them into their labs mm-hmm. in a way to help whatever they can do to help. Um, I think you know, as an academic, that's probably what we can do. That's the closest thing that we could get our hands on to help. So yeah, so that's as far as I that I know.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking that I guess maybe one thing that we should be mindful is that if we have any Ukrainian students, we should be mindful of what they are going through. They still have family members back home and it's very difficult time for them to focus on this study. If there are graduate students, maybe we can relax some of the deadlines for them or extend the deadlines for the exams. Just be mindful because as, as you pointed out, it's very difficult to comprehend the situation. Nobody knows what's going to happen, how long it's going to last. But I guess showing them some support and love that they need, maybe that's one thing we can do. As you said that, yeah, education is not their top priority now. They need to find a way, I guess, just to survive. That's the most important thing for them at this point.
0: At either of your schools, have they put out a mass communication that provide a list of resources for students who may be impacted by this war in support of the students, the emotional support or resources for students?
2: Yeah, here at the U, I saw that they, they put a program together to have discussion for Ukrainian students being impacted because the state of Utah has a lot of refugees and they already welcome some of the refugees from Ukraine. So the state as a whole has been impacted and they started some programs. Also, they started collecting some donations. So they provided a list of what is needed. But this is, as I said, the state of Utah is very active in terms of welcoming refugees from not only the political refugees that they are impacted because of the war, different type of refugees, they come here. So that's part of their protocol. So they know how, I guess, to collect resources and supplies and send it back. So to answer your question, yes, there are some initiatives here.
0: So just a follow-up question, thinking back to your own personal experiences, is there some resource that, the schools should be offering or that schools across the, you know, the nation should be offering that we are not necessarily thinking about because we're removed. It's not happening in the United States. Is there something that is being overlooked, some critical need that's being overlooked that's not being addressed based on your own experiences?
2: Well, so my experience, it goes back to many, many, many years ago. So we didn't have like social medias back then. But I do remember that I felt like the rest of the world didn't care about us. During wars, people and countries, I guess the governments, they usually take sides. And that has an impact on the people because people, they are not necessarily... The government, the government has different views. Now the many Russians, they are against what their government is doing and that has impacted their life here. I have many Russian colleagues that here, they say that we never voted for this guy and now this is the whole result. And now people, they are treating them poorly because they are Russian, right? So I guess having just some sympathy and showing that we care We are all humans at the end of the day. It's the, anybody being involved in this war, if they are Syrians or Afghanis or Yemenis, we care about them and we should show our love and support. And during my childhood, we experienced the war. I never felt any love coming from other countries. And it was just our family trying to stay together and support each other. And it's a fearful time. It's very difficult. And these kids that now they are coming to U.S. or going to other countries, I don't think they would ever forget what they experienced. So I guess just showing some love and support and some level of understanding that would go far away.
0: Quick question. What does that look like? Because, for example, you know, we're doing this podcast, and for me, this is showing support. So what does it look like for somebody, for them to feel like other countries do care about them?
2: So I think now the situation is different. As I said, like we have social medias, right? I see people, they have a lot of posting, like just producing some positive energy, not just going saying, oh, all Russians are bad just giving positive energy. There are always these differences. They exist and they would always last as human beings are living in this planet and maybe next planet because I guess Elon Musk is taking us to other places too. So I think that we all have these differences but we should just generate some positive energy, how we can support each other. I've been in meetings that people sadly here in United States, they were treating some Russian colleagues poorly Because just they are Russian. And I guess we can remove those. And that goes back to, I guess, our previous discussions that we had around biases, right? We all have biases. We should eliminate those biases and simply look at each other as like human beings.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that it really goes back to what we discussed in the episode 28 where we talk about diversity, Mm -hmm. inclusion, right? So because... It all takes a lot of understanding to embrace yes. the differences among the us. When COVID-19 just started, the Chinese are being treated yes. very badly. And we are still being treated very badly in every corner. Yep. Right? And yep. just because of the rhetoric and the social media had caused much of that, It takes a little bit of everybody's understanding and love in order for this to all come together.
2: I love that you said that we all need to contribute. It's not just me or you and Kim. It's all of us. And also, I think that there are nice articles out there that it shows the importance of this. Lucy, you shared that their National Science Foundation, the director or the person in charge of their National Science Foundation mentioned that in Ukraine, it's been lately been formed. It's like two years ago or three years. And even during the war, they are still trying to figure out how they can make sure that their research is moving forward. And as New as two years, it means that they started some facilities, they established. It's just like building our own lab here, right? It takes time. And then suddenly, overnight, everything is gone. You need to start over. So there are all these interruptions in their country. But I think as long as we care and we support each other and putting all these differences aside, we can live in a better world. And hopefully this war ends sometime soon, and also the other wars that they are going on in the world. Pania, you went
1: through the war and now you're successful in academia as a professor, as an engineering professor. It's a long way, right? How did you go through this during the war in your own education?
2: So I think that actually it had a huge impact in me just being, I guess, persistent, <laughs> just living through that. So that had an impact. And then I remember that every school under the ground, they had this bunkers that as soon as we heard this siren going off, we had to just run. It's like here when here hear smoke alarm <laughs> going off, you just, Evacuate the building. So it became some part of our life and we had to learn how to survive. And because they were just bombs coming on us, like, well, luckily, nothing came to my school, but there were so many other children died in schools because the schools were attacked too. But it made me appreciate the things that I have much more because you can lose everything in a second.
1: It gives you a totally different perspective of yep. life.
2: And you become more resilient and maybe in my case, a stubborn too. <laughs> so,
1: but I'm sure people build their characters through yes. these hardships.
2: Yeah. Uh, it goes back, I guess, when you talk to people uh, that they were involved in the Vietnam Wars, you see different personalities, different experiences. Yeah. So I guess hardship, it has an impact. I hope that nobody experienced hardship <laughs> to build their character. So thank you, Lucy and Kim, for the discussion. And hopefully the war ends soon. Any other wars in the world? If anybody's interested in having more information, we will provide some links in the show notes with some resources. There are some articles published recently in Nature and also some other short synopsis published by various resources. They will be all provided in the show notes.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. This episode is sponsored by Degrider and its portfolio in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. For students and researchers in mathematics, DeGreiter's 2022 catalog is now available at thisacademiclife.org. You can follow us on Facebook and listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of This Academic Life.